Wake Up the Echoes, the official show of the Fighting Irish, presented by TireAct.com, is also brought to you by Coca-Cola, Gatorade, and Under Armour. Welcome to another edition of Wake Up the Echoes, presented by TireAct.com. I'm your host, Tony Simeone. Great to have you back. Looking forward to this week's show. We got a chance to talk to Micah Shrewsbury, head men's basketball coach. Always great talking with him. We really uh, had a great time just digging into some of the X's and O's, ins and outs of kind of his basketball mind this week. Uh, It was a really fun conversation with him. Always have a couple guests on the show. Talk to Brian Snow. He's the director of recruiting here at Notre Dame. He just joined the program this year, spent a couple years at Penn State with Coach Shrewsbury. Talk to him. He does all kinds of stuff behind the scenes to try to assemble uh, a recruiting class. And so we talked about what he looks for when he watches film, how he tries to assemble the roster. He and Coach Shrews really work arm-in-arm trying to assemble a team here. So really picked his brain about what they look for, and those two uh, have a great rapport. So it was fun to talk to both of them. Then Julian Roper, of course, he's the junior guard. Uh, He's a transfer from Northwestern. He's on the show this week. I talked to him really about why he came to Notre Dame, what he wants to get out of his time here. He's really one of the leaders on this team because he's an older player, even though he's only played a couple seasons of college hoops. So chatted with him, also had a chance to really talk about that tough Lions loss we saw a couple days ago. He's a Detroit native as well. Final guest, and you're going to know this guy, Demetrius Jackson. He, of course, is a legend here in South Bend. His seasons with Notre Dame back in the middle portion of the last decade were outstanding. A couple of Elite Eights, some amazing wins over North Carolina, Duke. Great conversation with him. We also talked about what he's doing in the area still after uh, coming back after his college career. He's now in the area working with a lot of local kids. Love to see what Marcus Burton's done, J.R. Knezny, Blake Wesley. They've all talked about the impact that Demetrius had on them. So great to talk to him. Great to talk to everybody else. As always, we started, though, with the head coach, Micah Shrewsbury, and here he is. All right, Coach, welcome back to your show. We were just talking some football, and I could talk strategy with you on football day, but as you said, expertise is hoops, and we'll, we'll save that topic for Coach Freeman on his next show. I was talking to Coach Owens last week, and I was bummed out you guys weren't on the couch at the same time. It would have been fun to have all three of you here, but he referred to you as a 1% basketball mind. And it got me thinking, because you're one of the 1%, like one of the guys that understands the game at a level that none of us can comprehend, us mere mortals. Who are your basketball influences? How did you get to the point? Because I know, I, I talked to you. You study the game, obviously, right? You, you're well-versed in it. Who are the people that helped you get to that point? Who, who inspired you to, to be a real student of the game and get to the point where someone refers to you as a 1% basketball mind? Yeah, I, I don't refer to myself as a 1% basketball sure. mind. Sure. Right? It, it might just be him trying to get a raise. <laughs> trying to keep his job, whatever it may be. Um, I don't know. I, I don't, like, I guess I I don't have any hobbies besides basketball. Okay. You know, people always talk about, like, um, it's my job, it's not what I do. Like, it's my job and it's what I do. Right. Right, like, if I'm not, you know, um, if I'm not watching basketball, I'm thinking about basketball, mm. right? Um, those are the, I guess, that's why I have so much time, I, I guess, um, because of that. But I don't. I, I think a lot of the things that, a lot of philosophies, I think, like there's a lot of people that have, have really helped me, yeah, right, that I've worked for, that I've coached with. Um, but, like, you spend so much time, you know, in six years in the NBA where you have a lot of time to 
think about just basketball mm-hmm. and um, spending time with Coach Stevens and doing those things. But the guys that we worked with, guys on our staff, uh, but you learn a lot from players also. Okay. Like my first year in the league, um, Rajon Rondo was hurt. He was just coming off an ACL. Yeah. And Keith Bogans was at the end of his career. And my seat on the bench was right in between those two guys. And I learned so much basketball just sitting in between and listening to those two talk back and forth. I've heard Rondo's so, like next next level. Super smart. Yeah. Super smart. And that's um, – you know, in the NBA, you learn from those guys, right? Because they've been through so many games, so many situations. Um, they've seen so many defenses, yeah. right? Like, they know different ways to attack it. They know different ways of how to guard it. And, uh, like, I picked up a lot from players. Yeah. What what You said that um, in your spare time you're just thinking about basketball. So what does that look like? Like, what are the thoughts? You're just walking around the house – Maybe you're in the kitchen. I don't know. And then are you thinking, like, here's a set we can run next week? Or are you thinking about rotations? Are you just watching a game and you see, oh, I like what they did there? Like, what what are those spare time thoughts like? What do they sound like? What do they look like in your head? So I, I spent a lot of time, especially during the season, really focused on our team and the team that we're about to play. Okay. All right. So I, I don't watch I don't watch as much outside basketball. Right. I do some. Sure. Um, like, I, you know, I'm spent a lot of time at Purdue. Like I watch them when they're on, when I have an opportunity. There's other teams that I'll watch if it's coaches that I know, guys that I'm friends with, guys that I think run really good stuff, good offense. Like I'll watch those games like that. But um, I spend like a lot of time watching pretty random stuff. Okay. Like overseas basketball okay right like you know that the our cable has a lot of stuff a lot of channels so like you can find like british basketball or something like if i see it and i'm scrolling through like i'll, I'll stop and watch for a few minutes what do you do you like their rules do you like the you take the ball off the rim do you like the clock the different management with that stuff do you like all that of that stuff is i i do yeah i really like it i'm looking forward to getting a chance to go with our team and play yeah. with those rules. Um, you know, getting getting the chance to coach like USA Basketball last year. Yeah. And during the training camp, we're doing some of those rules. Like, I, I do like it. it. It's different, but it it challenges you to think different as well. There's a, We talked about high school and if there should be a shot clock. Is there a college, a men's college basketball rule that if you could change, is there one you would pick? To change whether it be, I, mean, I think maybe advancing the ball, I'd maybe think about adjusting the shot clock. It was great when they went from thirty-five to thirty. What would you change anything? I would I would definitely go quarters. Okay, right. So um, because of the fouls, like I would I would go quarters to reset um, for the penalty. To reset for the penalty. Okay. Um, I would also go advancing the ball at the end of the game. Like the women's basketball has these rules in. Yeah, and they're they're pretty good. It's been right? like ten years like, now too. Yeah, and it's helped the game. Yeah. Um, I don't think the college game is ready for a shorter shot clock. Okay. 24 seconds. You need 30. I I think, you know, I I just – the quality of play is so good at the NBA level that they can get stuff done in 24 seconds and it still looks good. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you're you're only going to, like, make the quality of play go 
go down at 24 seconds. Yeah. Like, like you're just going to see a a wilder brand of basketball because the guys just aren't as skilled. You yeah. don't have as many skilled guys that can make quicker decisions with a shorter clock. So the, the 24, I wouldn't definitely wouldn't change that. Yeah. Our guy, J.J. Redick, on his podcast, I heard a clip of him where he was, like, watching college hoops, and he's complaining that all the college coaches are still running the same stuff. And I was like, they can't run a lot of the stuff they're running in the NBA, right? Because they have to run certain actions to get guys shots that in the NBA you have higher-level players, right? Yeah. Yeah, but I, um, I don't want to say what I was about. So, okay, I like JJ. Reddy. I like I JJ. Really do I like love JJ. JJ. He's my favorite player of all time. You want, yeah, yeah. You want to go after him? We can make some headlines no, no, on this, this show. No, this had nothing to do with JJ. Reddy. <laughs> okay, okay. Right. Well, uh, but I've also I've won like thirty-seven games as a college coach, right? Forty-four. I mean, I Sorry, forty-four, yeah. which is astronomical. Um, I can't talk about anybody else, man. There's people that have won national championships and yeah, quadruple and what's after quadruple. Quintuple. Quintuple the amount yeah. of games that I've won. Yeah. So I'm going to stay in my own life. I hear you. I hear you. That, that's my job. I can go take the shots and take the heat. Uh, one clock thing. This was actually really interesting. I wanted to ask you about this because this is where I talk, think about Ryan, Coach Owens, and what he said. End of the most recent game, first half. I was watching you. Shot goes in with like 38 seconds. This is one of those clock things. They don't stop the clock in the first half. Mm-hmm. You wanted to wait. Take your time, take the ball out. Can you explain, because I don't think when people watch, they notice this, the value of just taking your time, because you could have held for the final shot, even though it goes in with 40 seconds, right? Yeah, so we didn't have a chance. And this is, with a, a new team and a young team, Yeah, can't cover everything. Oh, I believe you. So sometimes these are learning experiences. So this is actually going to be um, on our film, right, and watch this situation, because it doesn't happen very much, but... When it does, you have to be ready for it, right? So it's 30 seconds on the clock. The clock doesn't stop at the end of the first half. So the ball goes through the net. And I want to say it was close to 40, maybe 39. JR went and grabbed it right away, and I was like, wait. Mm-hmm. Don't throw the ball inbounds yet, right? Because you get you get five seconds before you need to throw it in. They weren't pressing, so it didn't like we had to, like, grab it. But anyway, but he picked it up. Mm-hmm. So if he waits four seconds to throw it in and then throws it in and now we don't touch it, right? So I was yelling for Marcus not to touch it Mm -hmm. because then the shot clock never – like by the time he touched it and now we have to run a play and there was was like a seven-second difference. Seven-second difference. It gave him a two-for-one. They blocked our shot. Yeah. And they went down and got a shot at the end where if we never touch that basketball, they never get a shot, right? So we we take that shot – at two to three seconds on the shot clock, and they never get a chance to go back to the other end. Yeah. I thought it was – for me, that was where <clears throat> when Coach Owen said it, I was like, I, I saw it all happen. I saw you trying to coach it in real time, and it's obviously tough. There's a lot going on. But that's the kind of thing that if you watch and coach enough basketball, that you just, it's a very unique situation, but you wanted to basically prevent them from getting a shot when yeah. the clock rules otherwise wouldn't let you. I want to ask you about women's hoops. Do a quick pivot here. That win against UConn, I mean, they're playing pretty well right now. To go in to beat UConn, Coach Ivy is obviously going to be on the show next week, and I can't wait to talk to her about it. When you see them having the success that they're having, Hannah Hidalgo, I think, had 34. We've talked about her a little bit before when we see them shoot around after your guys' shoot-arounds. What's it like to see you know, Coach Ivy go in there with her team and beat UConn on the road? It, it, was, it was really cool for me. Um, one, just because you know, I've, been at a, I've been at a few different schools. Um, but like we're in pretty close proximity, 
right? Where our offices are, where the locker rooms are, where the practice courts are. Um, that I've never been around another coaching staff that have been as connected as our two have been. Really? Wow. Right? And, but, like, don't don't get me wrong. Like, I Oh, sure. I really like Carolyn Keeger, the, the yeah. coach at Penn State. Like, I, I liked her. We just weren't around each other as much, right? Mm. And it was, like, pretty spread out. But, like, we get to see them every day. Like, you know, and when I see them in the office or in the conference room as I come in, like, I, I pop in and, and say hi, right? I go in and give them hugs, like, and they're the same for us. And, like, we feel like we're going through it together, mm-hmm. right? They they lose the game to Syracuse, and I walk in, and I see Michaela, and I just walk over and, like, give her a hug, and we start talking about different things. And uh, But to see them win and to see the joy, uh, to see the hard work, like, the bounce back and what it was, like, that that was fun for me. To like be a fan, yeah. To be a fan and watch it, um, but it also like what they do. It just drives us to be better, yeah. And I think that's you know if if I can provide anything, I I want to help push them to continue to be great, and I want our guys to continue to strive to be great like they are, right? Mm-hmm. And let's push each other as as groups and teams uh just to be the best that we can be yeah they're a fun group and i always love talking to them i can't wait to talk to them next week about that win let's take a quick break and we'll come right back nobody protects you from mayhem like allstate i'm your friend's lucky jersey that's never been washed and i'm stanking up the back seat overpowering all of your senses so you don't see the brake lights up ahead and if you have cut rate car insurance you're gonna be all out of luck so switch to allstate Save $468 and get better protected for mayhem, like me. National average annual savings of new auto customers surveyed in 2022 who switched to Allstate. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates in Northbrook, Illinois. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm your friend's lucky jersey that's never been washed. And I'm stanking up the back seat, overpowering all of your senses, so you don't see the brake lights up ahead. And if you have cut-rate car insurance, you're going to be all out of luck. So switch to Allstate. Save $468 and get better protected for mayhem, like me. National average annual savings of new auto customers surveyed in 2022 who switched to Allstate. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates in Northbrook, Illinois. Okay, special guest, Coach Brian Snow is here, Director of Recruiting. Let's start with what we were just talking about before we begin this. Ohio State, class of 07? Yeah, yeah. Early 07. I went for a little victory lap. Okay. You know, a little fifth year, but not the whole year. So you were there in 08? No, I was there oh. two to like the beginning of I got of you. 07. So that was your victory lap. Yeah. So you missed Odin and Conley and all those guys. Yeah, they were being recruited, I think, when I was there. Okay, yeah. okay. Well, it's great to have you on the show. It's an honor. Even though you're a Buckeye, you know. The football coach is a Buckeye. We just deal with it every we time. We all make mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> Director of recruiting, explain to me what that means. If for those that don't follow closely, what's your role? What's your objective every day when you wake up and you are the director of recruiting for Notre Dame? Uh, basically just a one-track mindset thinking about the future. Okay. You know, everything's about when I walked in today, it was I watched four different high school games on Huddle, our, our video service, and you know, always thinking about watching games, who we got to talk to. Is there a kid that we haven't touched base with in a minute? You know, a kid we haven't seen. 
figuring out what's best for Coach Shrews to travel to next and how we're going to make that work within his schedule and our schedule. So there's just a lot of different aspects to it, organizing visits, who we want to come up, okay. things of that nature. I talked to Chad Bowden about this with football, and I'm curious for really both of you. When you f- turn on the film and you're watching someone, and they're young, maybe they're 14, 15, I don't know how, how young you go, what is the first thing you're looking for when you flip on the film to see this guy's going to be a fit? I'll start with you, B. Snow, and then I'll hear what you say, Coach, because that always is so interesting to me when you're watching film. I think for us it's the player who fits what Coach Ruth wants to do. So you got to be smart. you got to be cerebral. you got to be able to pass, shoot. you got to be skilled. And then from the, if you don't pass that test immediately, it's not going to work here for you. Gotcha. So it's just about knowing your system, knowing you know the coach and what he wants, and then finding players that fit into that. What about you, Coach? When, when you flip it on, whether it's from his recommendation or some other way, what's the first thing you look for? I think um, one is, like, I trust these guys' recommendations. Okay. Right? And and that's a, the one helpful thing is, like, now Snow's, you know, we've been together for a few years, so he knows, like, what I do and what I don't like, mm-hmm. right? And there might be a rare occasion that we, you know, you might try and bring one through and say, hey, maybe, <laughs> right? But for the most part, he knows. He has a pretty good feel. Um, and and the, the, other, the other guys on staff do as well. And, like, I, I like – you know, film, you, you get to see some things, right? You get to see the skill level. Like, obviously, they're talented, right? Like, that's – we're not going to be watching. But then you get a chance to see that skill level and does it fit and how does it fit, how you want to play. Um, and then from there, like, whether you see it on film or whether you see it live, like, you got to try and look for some kind of competitive aspect. Mm-hmm. Right, because like you can have all of that, and if you don't compete, and it's not gonna work, right? Or that's a part of me as well. Can so. you see that on film? Can or, or do you need to see that in person, or is it easier to see in person? How do you identify that? Because that's that's tough. I, th- I mean, I I don't know if I can identify it as a coach. You've watched a ton of hoops. How do you identify it? You can you can see it some on film. Okay. Um, you can you can really see it live, mm-hmm. but you just have to watch, right? You just have to. You have to keep watching, right? You also can't just judge by one viewing. Okay. Right? You got to watch it multiple times, right? Somebody might – people can fool you one way or the other. Yeah. Uh, just in one viewing or one setting. So you got to go back, right? You can't ever – I don't think you can ever close the door on somebody after watching them one time um, because, like, you might miss something that, that one time. Do you guys ever evaluate off of, like, YouTube mixtapes? Not one time. <laughs> New. Don't care about them. There's some great mixtapes out yeah, there, though. There are some pretty good. I haven't seen many mixtapes. missed shots in a mixtape. I've never seen a missed yeah. shot in a mixtape. There are. Like, that is like, <laughs> and you can't, I mean, like, you can't hate the game, man. Like, <laughs> people are making, people are, are uh, I don't know, they're trying to make money. They're trying to do certain things. And, like, there's a lot of kids that are making videos now. Like, if you go to a high school game or AAU <laughs> event. There's so many people with every team has a video guy or a camera guy and at the high school level. At the high school level, yeah. And wow. they're doing great work. Yeah, right? yeah. Like I, I know a lot of those guys. I like them. Yeah. Like, but they're doing great work. But there's a, such an influx of <laughs> videos that yeah. are out right now. But like, don't hate it. Like, yeah. Like, you know, 
You still watch them every now and then, but you're not you're not evaluating. Them. It's good for entertainment. Yeah, it's yeah, good yeah, for entertainment. Board, fire up the mixtape, yeah, yeah. see what it's all about, and then and get... those guys that like I said, those guys do an unbelievable job. Yeah. like I, there's there's some kids that are local that are doing it that like I'm fired up. Like man, that's great. Like, yeah, how can we get <laughs> that guy like? Maybe can they come to Notre Dame? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like start using them within our group and, yeah. and other things. So, uh, I love what they're doing. But no, nobody's getting evaluated off a of mixtape. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to ask too. So, this process has evolved a ton. Obviously, I talked to Coach Phelps uh, about the 50 year anniversary. You know, and of course, the games changed a ton 50 years since he recruited people on campus. What? How's the recruiting aspect of college hoops changed the most? Maybe over the last. I don't know, 10, 15 years in both your guys' eyes? I mean, it, it's changing yearly right now. I mean, you've got NIL, which sure. is different. Um, you know, the portal's different because now certain colleges that you used to really go up against, now they're just focused on portal kids. So for us, where we, we try to build with high school players, it's just a different system altogether. You get different questions from parents and you know, you have you can't just think in one term like you were 10, 15 years ago. We're going to have this kid for three or four years. It's just different now. There's different questions about what they're looking for. You know, what's the NBA going to do with their age limit? It's it's a constantly evolving thing. Yeah. I, I want to follow up on that because I'm really curious about what you just said. I, I hadn't thought about it a ton, but I know it's a case. So the suggestion is there's teams that are just they're almost foregoing the first round of recruiting right and it's like i'm gonna let the rest of the country vet their first year mm-hmm. and then take a look at how everyone's doing and try to almost recruit finished products because like you said i might not be able to tell this uh you know let's call it like 1a player in this state let's just get them on the d1 level and then figure out if they're a fit for us right and so that's an approach that some other schools are taking yeah i mean the <laughs> It was funny. I had one mid-major coach talk to me this summer. He's like, hey, if there's a guy that's like close and you guys aren't sure, just send him my way. And if <laughs> and if you want him a year later, I'll be happy to send him to you. Like, you know what I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, he was joking yeah. somewhat. But yeah, I mean, was, he, was he joking? <laughs> <laughs> to an extent, he was. But I mean, it's just kind of like, you know, different schools are going to do it different ways. Yeah. And we have our way of doing it and we believe in it. And that's what we're going to do. But other schools are going to be successful doing it their way as well. Yeah. How is just this landscape, Coach? And like you said, you're trying to build through high school. But how has this landscape just changed the way you have to constantly be thinking about your approach as the head coach of a Division One ACC basketball team? I, I think, um, I guess the, the the one thing is before, you know, you, you're – you're going to recruit your guys. You're going to get your guys. And then you get a chance to build and grow with your guys. Hmm. And now it's a kind of a year-to-year basis. Yeah. Right? Like um, you, 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 want, you want who you want, and then you hope you have them. Right? So you see kind of <clears throat> the end product. But there's no guarantees you're going to see the end product. Right? Mm-hmm. So you just have to continue. And like he said, like, Believe in what you're doing. Put faith in what you're doing with different people when they get on campus and how you treat them and how you develop them and how they grow as players mm-hmm. um, and hope that that's enough. And then do the same thing with the next group of guys. Yeah. And uh, But it is. It, it's really changed from a four-year plan to almost like a yearly plan yeah. of, okay, like, here's what we need is like, well, nobody ever knows what they need. 
Because there is. Like, at first it was, like, the transfer. Then there's the two-time transfer, and then those guys aren't going to be allowed to play. But now the two-time transfers are allowed to play, and they changed that rule in the mid-year, in mid-cycle. So now it's like, I don't know what rule is next, but it'll probably end pretty quickly, too. It's interesting. Whenever I get ready for a game and I look up the other roster, it's now almost more surprising to see someone on the roster that's it's their first school. I see so many guys. It's like, oh, I assume they, if they're a junior, I assume they've played somewhere else. Like, Omir, oh, it's Arkansas State, and now he's in Miami. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this upcoming class. You got three guys coming in, just for maybe those that didn't keep a close eye on it, when the three guys get on campus next year. What what can you tell us about what we can expect from the three freshmen coming in next year? You know, first of all, they're all high-character kids, great families, great kids, really going to represent Notre Dame the way, you know, Notre Dame wants their student-athletes to represent them. Uh, Sir Mohammed, kid from Charlotte, North Carolina, he's kind of like a point-forward, point-guard do-it-all player. He's six foot six. He can really pass. You know, son of Nazi Muhammad who played in the NBA for 18, 20 years. Yeah. Um, so he, he's been around the game his whole life, and he's really someone I think should have been a McDonald's All-American this year. Um, he's really someone we have high expectations for. First kid to commit to us was Cole Serta from uh, Bloomington, Illinois. He's playing down at IMG Academy in Florida right now. Might be the best shooter in the country. In, in his class so he can really really shoot we can do more than that he's a good passer he competes he's a decent athlete like knows how to play so we're excited to add more shot making and then garrett sundra yeah, cole had a bunch of dunks on his last yeah cole, tape, by the way. he had dunks on it so he can shoot and dunk yeah oh, mixtapes yeah, yeah mix there you go tapes. that's mixtape dunking <laughs> uh then garrett sundra he's like 6 11 and like a lot of times you see heights like that that are exaggerated this dude is tall like he is really tall He's, he's thin right now. We're going to get some weight on him. But, you know, he's a skilled, you know, forward, and he can shoot threes. He can handle the ball. He can really pass, and he's a competitor. Yeah. Coach talked about that earlier. I mean, this kid is a competitor. Plays on one of the best high school teams in the country, Paul VI, in, in Virginia. So he's been, he's been with good players and playing against good players with team takeover on the AAU circuit his whole life. So we're really excited about his future as well. Coach – I want to let you talk about all three, but I want to start with Sir, because I was reading a quote on his bio, and it said, I think I'm going to get you right, but from the moment I first saw Sir, I knew he was someone we had to get. Why is that what you believe? Why did you have to have Sir Muhammad? Yeah, um, and we have to continue to educate our fans and other people. It is Mohammed, like Sir Mohammed. Mo- I mean, not, okay. you don't have to over Okay. It, but <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people in, if they're doing games on TV or something, they always say Muhammad. Okay, it's not, not Moo. Muhammad. Got it. Yeah. Muhammad. Uh, his, like, you say the the things that stand out, like his passing ability um, stands out first and foremost mm-hmm. more than anything. Like, he can make every pass that you want to make out of pick and rolls right now for a 17, 18-year-old kid, right? Like, he's throwing cross-court skip passes, left hand, right hand. He's throwing pocket passes. He's driving and throwing, you know, he can pass out of the post. Like, he is very, very skilled. But he's also, like, you know, he can do it in a lot of different ways. He's okay. he's very unselfish, but he's starting to score the ball more, mm-hmm. uh, starting to shoot the ball better, uh, starting to shoot more. He plays on the team with uh, one of his teammates from last year. They won the state championship in North Carolina. Elijah Strong is at Boston College as a freshman. He's got a 
two kid, another kid in his class that's going to Tennessee, and he's got a younger junior that is one of the best players in the country. Yeah. So he he passes a lot, and he defers to him when like he could take more shots if he needed to. Yeah, I'm excited to see them get on campus. A couple more before I let you go, Snow. I want to ask you about a quote someone was passing along to me about kind of how you try to operate. I think it was uh, Lil Wayne. <laughs> yeah. Real G's move in silence like lasagna. Is that how you want to operate? I didn't have the second part, but yeah. Oh, just, just real G's move in silence? Yeah. But isn't that isn't that the quote? Like, real G's move in silence like lasagna. Yeah, I mean, that is the quote, but yeah. that isn't what was passed along. I think that, <laughs> yeah. was, in, I think that was in The Office as well. <laughs> is that in The Office? I believe so. I'm, I, I love watching The Office, and I believe somebody said, like lasagna. It was mm-hmm. either Michael or uh, Dwight or something. Maybe I'll, Jim. I'll, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, yeah. I, I need to go back and watch The Office. because It was Lil Wayne and... Jim Halpert. Jim Halpert and Lil Wayne, <laughs> the, the all-time collab right there. All right, <clears throat> I know you're a big shoe guy. Yeah. This past weekend, Coaches versus Cancer, obviously great uh, initiative, suits and sneakers game. We saw Coach Shrews' shoes designed by Jerry Barca. Shout out to him for the design. Really cool. What would you like about his kicks? They were really unique, I think, that this weekend against uh, BC. Yeah, you know, Jerry must be really good at what he does because Coach Shrews' shoe game, typically below par. Oh, um, so Dang. for Jerry to make him look good in the shoe department, I mean, that's job well done because uh, those were high level right there. C- Coach, any, any comment on, on your shoe game being below par? I'm comfort over style. Mm. <laughs> I got you. I find what fits, what feels good, and that's what I'm rolling with. Yeah. And, like, sometimes, like, I'll wear them, and then I'll wear them a bunch, and I'll just buy the same shoe. <laughs> Because I know how it feels, yeah. but you know it doesn't have all the scuffs and the dirt on it. Either. Yeah, comfort over style—that's a good tagline for this podcast. Brian, thanks for joining us, Coach Shrews. Always a pleasure. Thank you. We know you like basketball, so do we. We're TireRack.com, and this is our version of a buzzer beater. There's 23 seconds left. Here we go. TireRack.com has an enormous selection of tires. Not sure which ones to buy? Use our tire decision guide to find the right tires for your car and the way you drive. Then get them shipped fast and free on all orders over $50. Shipping is in as little as one day. Free. TireRack.com ships to independent, recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Made it. And we're back with the action. Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever? That's right, Jim. With an irresistible taste and zero sugar, Coke Zero Sugar is a must-try for any sports fan. So make sure you... Wait, Jim, I didn't mean try it right now. We're still on the air. Mmm, best Coke ever? Take a taste, Jen. Really? No, not right now, Jen. we got a game to call. Hey, it's Tony Simeone, the voice of Notre Dame Athletics. Have you saved enough for retirement? Howard Bailey Financial is the official wealth management partner of Notre Dame Athletics, and they have a free resource that you can download right now. Get insight on taxes, social security, income planning, and much more by visiting retirewithpurpose.com echo. That's retirewithpurpose.com echo. Notre Dame Athletics was compensated for this endorsement and is not a current client of Howard Bailey. For more information, visit howardbailey.com slash disclosure. All right. We got Coach Shrews out of here. Brought in a guy that can actually play on the floor. Julian Roper, thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, I want to start here. Detroit native. Right. Detroit. 
What happened yesterday? You a Lions fan? We just we sold. That's it. Do you do you like them going for it on fourth down all those times? You want to kick a field goal? Do you have any thoughts on that? Because that was tough to watch, man. I mean, he, they they did that all year, so it's it's not it's not a game to like kind of change what you do. So it was frustrating, but yeah, you got to live with it. So yeah, Beast Snow, did you watch the game? I did. Do you I have did. an opinion on it? I mean, before the national championship game for college football this year, I'd have an opinion. But I can't say what I want to say about people from Michigan. Mm. But <laughs> you know, it's unfortunate for the Lions. As a long-suffering Bengals fan, I feel their pain. Yeah, you got close a couple years back, right? Yeah, you know, made it to the Super Bowl. Julian, you're not familiar with that game, <laughs> but made it don't count. Yeah, hey, made it. So, <laughs> you know, but as a Bengals fan who also has had heartbreak, mm-hmm. I sympathize with Mr. Roper okay. on this one. Mr. Roper, I have a question for you, too, that I've asked really all the – I've even asked football guys that come in here this. When you were growing up, were you familiar with the AM1 mixtape? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So who is – do you have a guy that you liked on the bus? No, I really have, like, a specific guy, but I just, I, I definitely, like, grew up seeing him. So. Mm-hmm. What about you, Beast Snow? Because, like, that's, that's our sauce. era. Hot sauce? Hot sauce. Yeah, his, his was always nice. Hot sauce is nice. Skip to my Lou actually played in the league. You'd, yeah, I mean, Skip was more like – a ball like a real basketball player by that point in time. Mm-hmm. Um half man, half amazing. Oh. You know. Yeah. AO. I liked AO. Yeah. I've got a lot of escalade on this show. Oh yeah. Just because he was like massive. He was like he had my body but like seven feet tall. <laughs> yeah, I think he's Mark Jackson's brother. Yeah, Chris Jackson, I think it is. Unbelievable. He had he had amazing skill set. Uh, Julian, I want to dig into why you ended up here. A couple of years at Northwestern, and then Coach Shrews takes the job here. Just talk me through the process of making the decision to come play at Notre Dame. Yeah, well, when I first entered the portal, I wasn't really like I wasn't really like sure about like schools that would reach out, things like that. But uh, I kind of was just looking for a better situation for myself personally, um, something closer to home as well. Yeah, and Coach Shrews just happened to reach out and. You know, just playing against him and just, like, being able to see how he coaches with my own two eyes and playing against him and, like, the way he talks to people, the players, and, like, just everything about Coach Shoes and the whole staff. I just really, uh like, liked what they had going on. And coming to Notre Dame, trying to uh, find success again, I think um it's, like, something that really, like, turned me on to Notre Dame. So. Yeah. What's it been like then playing for him? Because I've talked to a lot of players. Practices are tough from what I hear. What's been the biggest uh, revelation about being a part of his team and playing for Coach Shrews this first year? Well, as long as you come into practice and you got you got energy, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But if not, it's going to be a long day for you. <laughs> well, let's be clear about something. When Julian says playing against Coach Shrews, he means losing. <laughs> All in four career record. Okay. Dang. But wow. <laughs> facts. That's he's, facts. He's really coming after you here. Yeah. That's he's he's. He's a natural hater. Um, that's what a lot of people on the team call him. So natural hater. Yeah. Why is why is wh- I resemble that? I think, resemble that remark. We think he was born. Like you that. resemble that remark. Yeah. Resent? No. Resemble. Res- resemble. So so you are a hater. Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I was. I, was I know my own scouting report. <laughs> okay. So why is that? And we're on the the therapy chair here. Like, what? You want to dig into why you're a, a natural born hater? You just can't have rope thinking he's better than he is. <laughs> you got to keep, keep him grounded. Hmm. It's my job. Okay. Everybody's got a role. Uh, <laughs> I want to ask uh, you about your uh, – a couple games ago, you had to guard O'Meara, mm-hmm. right? Because you know, rotation got shuffled. 
What was that like? I thought you, you know, second half did a great job. I think you had a block, got a charge, got excited. Just what was going through your head when you had that matchup, second half against Miami? Well, it's not new to me. Uh, I was the second biggest person on my high school team, and I had to guard um, the center at Northwestern. Uh, he was he went to my rival school, Matt Nicholson. Yeah, seven footer, and I was guarding him in high school. So did you lock not, him up in high school? Yeah, but it's not really new to me. Okay. Yeah, and if you ask him, he probably said the same thing. So, were you surprised at what he did against Omir in the second half? Because I was I was impressed. I mean, it was I a mean, totally different rotation. He's the best undersized five in the country. <laughs> so there's no reason for surprise with Rope. So that we're calling now? It's yeah. Just a small ball five. Small ball five. <laughs> like the, Dr- the Draymond Green <laughs> of the ACC. <laughs> I mean, he's strong, like, rope's strong, so, like, Omir's not used to, like, a dude who can get below him and just, like, muscle him off the block and stuff like that, and Rope was able to do that, and that's why he's a small ball five. Yeah, okay, Let's see. I look forward to watching it the rest of the way. <laughs> I've I've talked to Coach Shrews about you a lot, Julian, and just the thing that he's conveyed to me is that I think, and it's probably because you're a little bit more veteran than some of the younger guys, but every time he puts you on the floor going to a game, he, he knows what he's getting from you. Shot might go in and shot might not go in, but he knows what kind of energy and approach you're getting. Where does that come from, the consistency that you're able to play with on the floor? Uh, just just growing up, you know, hmm. I, I, I think I always had, like, just being that energy raiser, always having to be, like, the most competitive because um, I never was, like, the most skilled out there all the time. So I just figured, like, if that's one thing I'm going to do every time and I could, I could do that every night. So, um like you said, shots might go in, shots might not, but I can do the um, the little things and just like having energy and just being a competitor. I could do that every night. What's it been like to be on this team then with so many younger guys that don't have as much experience of you? Have you found yourself having to try to be kind of like someone that shows them the ropes here in this season? What's yeah. that situation? Yeah, I definitely like been like one of those guys that kind of step up and trying to like show the show them the ropes. You know, um, not not I'm not really like too much of a talkative person so I try to do it by leading by example mm-hmm. and I think um I don't I think once we get like everyone on that type of um type of following mm-hmm. I think I think we would be good yeah is there as for you snow is there a Julian Roper mixtape on YouTube somewhere I would bet there is <laughs> is there is there a mixtape I mean like rope did you I mean I would think in high school you probably have one well, it's, it's a couple but uh-huh like Snow said, like Coach said, like no one really looks at that. It's more just like a entertainment thing. Like I know, like younger kids and all that stuff, yeah. they always go crazy over that. But man, it, if I go back to my high school days and put together a mixtape, I would put one together. It'd be awesome. Yeah, and then like mixtapes, you know, everybody look nice. So. Yeah, you didn't miss a shot in your mixtape, right? Yeah. No. All right. Last one I have for for you is just you know you guys are two thirds of the way through the year. You guys have been like right there at the end of a lot of games. Just. What's kind of the key? What are you hoping to see here in the last two months of the season or so that'll suggest you guys are making the progress you want? Because it feels like it's a couple plays here, a couple plays there. Yeah. You guys have a different record. You're playing well. You're just maybe missing a couple plays here or there. What's kind of the mindset going into the final third of the season? Well, after after um, the Miami game, Coach kind of talked about uh, just not being ourselves. Hmm. Um, I think a lot of times we're being ourselves. Okay. And I think once we figure that out, I think we'll be on track. Be Snow, you got any parting words for him any more hate you want to throw on him before we take a break i think rope needs to get to class <laughs> what class do you have no i already have my class oh he's done yeah so he's good he says he doesn't yeah. he doesn't know what you're talking about yeah i believe <laughs> all right well appreciate both you guys coming by we'll take another break yeah, no problem
We know you like football. So do we. We're TireRack.com, and this is our version of a two-minute drill, except it's only 30 seconds. TireRack.com has an enormous selection of tires. Not sure which ones to buy? Use our tire decision guide to find the right tires for your vehicle and the way you drive. Then get them shipped fast and free on all orders over $50. Shipping is in as little as one day. Free. TireRack.com ships to independent, recommended installers. TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. Touchdown! Bank like the Irish when you become a member of Credit Union One, the official banking partner of Notre Dame Athletics. Open a Fighting Irish checking account to get special perks and choose from one of eight exclusive Notre Dame debit card designs so you can show your pride every time you pay. Plus, with the Credit Union One branch located just steps from campus at 1140 East Howard Street and CU One's highly rated mobile app, it's never been more convenient to bank on your schedule. Find out more at creditunionthenumberone.org slash Irish. Federally insured by NCUA. Okay, this is our Yeti coldest moment of the week segment. What a guest, Demetrius Jackson. Great to have you here. Thank you. Local guy. Feel at home here, of course. Uh, we got a ton to cover with your career and what you're doing now, but let's start with the coldest moment. It's presented by Yeti. I want you to tell me, in your Notre Dame career, what was the coldest moment of your career? There's a lot to pick from. In my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in my mind, I feel like that. But um, the coldest moment... I would say uh, probably the Purdue dunk. Purdue versus Isaac Haas. Yeah. Seven foot two. You know, me being six foot one. That was uh, that was probably the coldest moment for me. Purdue always has like a yeah. seven footer. They do. <laughs> they always got like some crazy tall player. They got another one coming in too. <laughs> so, yeah, that was probably the coldest moment for me. I, I remember our strength coach, shout out to him, Tony Rolinski. Yep. He, uh, when I came back to the bench, he was like, he ain't that big no more, is he? So that was like a moment for me I felt good about. Yeah. yeah. I wrote down a couple. They weren't – that's a good one because that's just a one moment in the game. Yeah. That, that's probably a better answer than mine. I was thinking of like end of the game Wisconsin. Yep. Getting to the Elite Eight again. You get the steal. I think the yep. steal's pretty cold at yep. the end. Uh, and then, of course, you beat North Carolina number one, or, uh, number one right, at yep. home. Yep. And then you go to Cameron at one point and beat yep. Duke at Cameron. Rank those three for me. Where do those three rank in your mind? I would say uh, the North Carolina – winning at home is always special. Whenever you win at home in front of the crowd, our crowd storm the court, that's always a special one. Um, that Cameron one felt good because it's, you know, winning on the road too. It takes a certain level of uh, togetherness and grit. You know, you don't have that crowd behind you too. So I'm going to go – North Carolina at home. You okay. know, got to show love to our home fans, Leprechaun Legion. And then I'm going to go Cameron. And then everything else after that. But, of course, our ACC championship. Look at this. Tournament, our trophy. That's that's just at the top. That's number one right there. That's funny, yeah. We got the trophy sitting right here. Yep. I saw it up there. I said, you know what? We got a guy that was part of winning the trophy. Yep. Let's just, you know, yep. get him get him close to it. Let him touch it again. Yep. Uh, what, what do you think about, because when I would talk to Coach Bray, we talked about a lot, and we usually have a ton of moments. Mm-hmm. He would always come back to this tournament, yeah. winning the ACC, second year in the league. He always made a big point of doing it in Greensboro, yep. going through those teams. Is is this the thing that sticks out the most? Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, just a year before, we uh, I can't remember our record, but that was our first year in the ACC, and it was tough. Mm-hmm. So to go from that and then the summer we had, uh, we had a crazy – uh, summer, like our training regimen, 
uh, how hard the coaches were on us, our strength and conditioning, like to see all of our hard work pay off that quick. Yeah. You know, that was special. So you win this yep. and then you go to the Elite Eight and you play Kentucky. Yep. And I had a question I wanted to ask you about Kentucky because I've gone back and I, I don't, do you ever watch those highlights of that game? I know it's a loss. Not really. Yeah. No, nah, not really. Yeah. Every now and then people bring it up and I'll check stuff out or people send me things, but yeah. So I watch it and I wa- and I'm not trying to like pour salt in the wound here, but I watch it and every time I'm like, man, they're going to win this game, right? Yeah. It's like you, they're going to win the, they're going to beat Kentucky. Yep. And and you don't, but then Jaron gets the shot off at the end and I watch the shot and a lot of times I'm like, that's going in. Yeah. Where, I can't remember where were you when the shot went up? I think I was around the top of the key. If I remember correctly, Jaron dribbled down towards that left corner. And he shot the shot I thought it was going in, too. I was going to ask. So yeah. when he lets it go, yep. you think it's going down? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that was that was who we wanted JG to be for us, and that's who he had been the whole season. Yeah. I think he had a couple game winners that season or a lot of big-time shots that kind of iced games for us. So when he shot it, I was ready to turn around. You know what yeah. I mean? Turn around, start celebrating. But, you know, it, it happens like that. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things in that game we could have done better. But right. we gave ourselves a chance to win, and uh, I was – extremely proud of that group like my teammates those are like my brothers forever because of how hard we work together and what we were able to accomplish and when you win that brotherhood it just still to this day yeah I was gonna ask about that uh that group seems really tight you yep. like you mentioned uh what is the group chat like or like what is the status of that group how often do you guys stay in touch how often do you guys get mm-hmm. together yeah, so we had a couple events where we did almost like a training camp a few years back here. Pat Connington and Jaron Grant hosted that. But uh, for me, being a point guard, I keep up with all those guys. I just saw Austin Brigette at the uh, Duke game. Um, I just talked to EA not too long ago, Eric Atkins. Yeah. You know, he was a year before me. He's been a guest here as well. Oh, yes. Awesome. Yeah. 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 And then, uh, yeah, Bonzi. I just talked to FaceTime with Bonzi, Colson, Zach August, JG. So for me, I'll those are like my brothers. That's like my family. So I keep up with them. I keep up with their careers. I check in with them. And uh, so much love for those guys. Yeah. Yep. So you're from the area. I want to ask you about what it was like to play locally and then play at Notre Dame. Yeah. I've talked to Marcus. I've talked to Blake. I've talked mm-hmm. to JR. They obviously take a lot of pride in it. What right. was it like for you to play in your backyard, wear Notre Dame across the chest? What was that experience like when you think back to it? Yeah. It. It's like – to have that support, you know, my family was able to come to all the games. Uh, just that support system, the fans, teachers, mm. people you know in the community, like just to have that much support behind you. And, you know, with that also comes a pressure. And I think a little bit of that, I felt my freshman year, you know, that pressure, but they still rally behind our team. They still rally behind myself. And to feel that support and to do positive things for people that believe in you is 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 amazing and so even now you know the team you know they they have their struggles here and there but to see the support for the players and the team you know you can't beat it when you hear Marcus and JR get announced for starting lineups mm-hmm. it sounds different doesn't it yeah was it was it different I wasn't here when you were here mm-hmm. but was it different when you got announced yeah every time you know they always put that the the, the guy from the 574 they put them last yeah you know or so Marcus, when he gets announced, like the crowd erupts, same thing with JR. And it was similar for me too, like, you know, from at least what I could hear from my ears. It just it's just special just to hear that, you know, from our area, from the five seven four area, and to see the crowd get up for you. And uh, you know, you never realize how many people 
you know, you can touch by doing things like, you know, being in the position that I was fortunate enough to be in. Same thing, Blake and Marcus. Um, you know, a lot of the people that I met uh, when I was here at Notre Dame, the kids that would come to the kids camp and stuff like that, I actually train them now. I work with them now at my business. So Yeah. Yep. Uh, tell me about your business. So what is yeah. your focus right now with your business and, and yep. training guys? So Elevate with 11, I started it May 15th, uh, 2023. So we're coming up on a year. You can see here I got a... Uh, I see you repping it. Yep, I'm repping it always. It's elevated. Um, you know, I'll just be at home crafting stuff, making stuff up. So, um, yeah, Elevate with 11. My jersey number is 11. It's a special number to me. We focus on uh, basketball, uh, skill development, and also character development. You know, I try to do my best to use my expertise and experience to prepare our community for, you know, very great opportunities. And my goal, even when I was here, I always felt like our area was under-recruited and underappreciated, especially for basketball. Mm -hmm. So the one thing I wanted to do, to do and part of my mission was um, I want to bring a little bit more exposure. But the first things first, we got to get better. You know, I need we got to put the work in. We got to be talented enough. We got to be skilled enough to be able to be on these big stages and to, to do great things. So I said, let me train them. Yeah. When was the first time that you saw or got word of someone like Blake or Marcus? How old were they? Yeah, maybe, maybe I don't like we have flashed the picture, but Blake, you know, he came to the Notre Dame camp and I have a photo with him that Notre Dame. Uh, Pretty young, right? Yeah, they posted before and he was probably, you know, maybe 12. Yeah. When I, I can't remember uh, how old he was at that time, but. You know, he came to the Notre Dame camp, same thing when Jaden, when I was here and Jaden was like a young and he'd be running around, you know, always in the pit, just kind of shooting on, uh, you know, shooting on the shooting machine and stuff like that. And same thing with Marcus. You know, I have photos that people send me of me and Marcus that I didn't even realize like that was him until I got older. I'm like, dang, that's me and Marcus, you know yeah. what I'm saying, when he was younger. So um, same thing, the my, the parents at my business, they, they find these old archive photos that they have and they'll be so young. And uh, they came to the camps, they got autographs, and you see that, and now I'm able to, to help them in basketball. That's cool. It's re it's really neat to talk to them uh, and JR, too, just about they all referenced watching you yeah. growing up. And there was the local guy, and you can tell, I think I think it was JR was talking to, kind of what you were saying about after the game. There's a lot of people that come by, yep. you talk to them, and they see the young kids. And like yeah. you said, there's a kid that's going to come up and get your autograph, get a picture, and they're nine years old, and you don't realize it, but yeah. in 10 years... They might be playing on this floor. It seems like there's a real pride to kind of keep passing the tradition mm -hmm. of Notre Dame down throughout the local area, right? Yeah. I mean, and for me, shout out to Skylar. You know, I grew up on the west side of South Bend, and I used to go to the uh, King Center, and she used to beat us up in one-on-one. -on -one. <laughs> and for me, I used to watch Skylar play. And then when she was here, I'm like, man, she's doing amazing stuff. And when I was getting recruited to come to Notre Dame, I would talk to her a lot. So shout out to her because she's a big reason why I came here and why I wanted to do those things. So and um you know there's players before her as well so it just it just keeps going it keeps passing it i'm always thinking who's the next person and so one uh message i'll try to share with our youth is like it could be you too yeah I, we had skylar on the show about a month ago neil and her of course really mm -hmm. tight and they had a great conversation went like almost an hour of yeah. them just like talk about the good old days yep. there is a great relationship between the two programs whenever i go to uh, a men's game, mm -hmm. if assuming the women aren't on the road, yep. they're always sitting baseline and, and vice versa. Yep. What was that like when you were here and how important is it? Because I talked to Coach Shrews on this show yep. and he said this is the tightest he's been with a, a women's staff yeah. when he's been there and he takes a lot of pride in how how supportive the two groups are of each other. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing to see. I'm, I'm Oftentimes I'm in the facility and to see the cohesiveness, 
also too, you know, this beautiful facility that they have, they get to share it. Yeah. It's a shared space, shared weight room, shared training room. So um, I think the closer those programs are, the the better our program can be. Just continue to lift each other up and, as you can see, elevate. Elevate. You know, I, I've been seeing this word everywhere, elevate. So, um, you know, every game I've been to, I've seen Niel and mm -hmm. vice versa. Every, every woman's game I've been to, uh, you know, I see Micah. So it's cool to see them support each other and also the other sports, football, yeah. you know, volleyball. Tennis. So one more before we take a quick break. Yep. This is an important one. I ask it to pretty much every former Notre Dame player or athlete we have on this show. North or South Dining Hall? North. I was. At, I mean, yeah, I was at North because I was in Stanford Hall. There you right go over here. So you know, North is right across the street. We used to get the uh, the pasta. You know, you can customize your pasta. And a little pasta stir fry if you want. Yeah, yeah. Every day. Oh man, Dude, every day. Now you're talking my language. I'm a North guy. Yep. And all the South people, you know, you can have South. Keep, keep going to South. We'll keep it's, North it's to ourselves. It's like, it's, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's too, it's almost too many selections. I couldn't decide. So. It's horribly organized. North yeah. was pretty obvious. You yep. Get in line, go through, get your food. I agree. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back with our From the Irish segment. Thank you. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog, because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. The City Custom Cash Card automatically adjusts to earn you more cash back in your top eligible spend category. It does the work for you. Learn more at city.com slash custom cash. All right, it's time for our From the Irish segment presented by Tyrac.com. We still got Demetrius Jackson here. I got a question for you, and I think it's a good question because it also gives us a chance to reminisce again yep. about 2015, which we got the hardware here, yep. you know, great team, and Let's also use it to maybe bask in the glory of some of your teammates that they did while you're here. But let's ask the question first. JP from Spartanburg, South Carolina. He wrote okay. this question in for you. He said, hey, DJ, what was the Bray rousing speech when you guys were down 40-22 to 22 at NC State in 2015? And just how crazy and fun was that comeback? Man, that was – what's the name of that arena? PNC? PNC, yep. And how they probably said what twenty? It's huge. It's where the Hurricanes play. It's a hockey arena. Yeah, yeah. hockey arena. It's so, like twenty. Yep. That was like the biggest arena that I felt like we played in that season, regular season, and um, <clears throat> that was crazy. You know that game was crazy. And shout out VJ. He stepped up big that game. VJ Beecham. You mm -hmm. know uh, we shared the dorm together, and uh, we were in the same class as well. He had like some big time shots. I think he he ended up. Uh, I can't remember if that game went into overtime or if it, we just pulled it out late, but he made like some big time threes at the end of that game. And VJ uh, can shoot it. Yeah, yeah, he could always shoot it. And I've known VJ since I was in eighth grade. Okay, so that that was a cool experience to see him step up like that. But um, yeah, we were down. It almost seemed like every game we were losing at halftime, and that just was like regular for us. So Coach Bray was like, "All right, we've been here before." Like. At, in the locker room, nobody was, like, pressed. Nobody was uh, stressed out. There was no, like, anxiety or anything, no, no nervousness. There was just like, all right, we know what we have to do. Let's just do it. And a lot of that came from Jaron and Pat. Okay. We, you know, we would kind of look at them, and if they were calm, then we would be calm too. So, you know, Jaron and Pat, 
they stepped up, they led us, and then uh, yeah, that was an amazing game. Coach Bray, he he said what he always said, like we're good, we've been here before, <laughs> we've been here before, we know what to do, let's handle business. And like Coach Bray came in, and you know I, he was like chilling. Yeah. Coach Bray was so it wasn't chilling. a big rah rah boom for the Gipper, right? He just looked at everybody, was like, you guys ready? All right, come on, let's do it. And and like we all believed that we were gonna win that game. Yeah. Like I had, we were down at. 14, I think they may have even pushed it to 20 at some point in time. And I firmly remember never believing we would lose that game. Yeah. Yeah. Back then, you guys would just find a way. It was fun to watch. We were, <laughs> we had this thing where we'd almost wait to turn it on. You know, we'd wait to turn it Make on. Make it interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it, every single game, we were down like 10, 14. It'd be close at halftime. Second half, we'd come out and just kick it up a gear. Yeah. Demetrius, appreciate you joining us, man. Thank great you. to talk to you. Thanks for everything you're doing, too. Thank you. In the community, I think it's great to see, like, every time I'm at the game, it is different when you see a 574 guy yeah. get announced. When you see them have success, it's really fun to watch. So you continue the legacy and Thank looking you. forward to seeing it keep going down the road. Thank you. Go Irish. All right. That ends another show here on Wake Up the Echoes presented by TireRack.com. Thanks for joining us this week. Thanks, as always, to our guests. It was great to talk. To Demetrius Jackson, what a legend he is here in South Bend. Brian Snow, great conversation with him. Loved hearing about how they're really starting to put together the pieces they need for a roster here at Notre Dame. And then Julian Roper, fun to talk to him. Great conversation about how he's really trying to assimilate and be a leader on this team. As always, we want you to make sure you download, subscribe on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Of course, if you're a Spotify person, go there, hit the subscribe button. Also, Need more love on the YouTube channel? Really would like to grow that. Give us a like. Just pound that like button. Comment on this uh, show, this episode. Love the feedback. Only only positive feedback, though. No negative feedback. We only want the positive feedback. And then finally, next week we'll have women's basketball again. So Niel will be back in the hot seat. We'll talk to Coach Ivy. Uh, of course, recap the big win over UConn and then what's transpired over the week between now and then. Hockey's going to kind of take center stage here in South Bend. Going to plug myself a little bit here. Michigan State, top 10 team in the country, is going to be at Compton Family Ice Arena. It's an absolutely massive weekend for Notre Dame. If you can't make it to Compton Family Ice Arena, you can watch on Peacock, watch and listen to yours truly on that broadcast. But, of course, if you're in the area, go to Compton Family. It should be the biggest series of the year and a great chance to cheer on the Irish. That's all we got. Next week, we'll be back with Coach Ivy and talks of women's hoops. And until then, wake up the echoes. Wake Up the Echoes, the official show of the Fighting Irish, presented by TireRack.com, is also brought to you by Coca-Cola, Gatorade, and Under Armour.